You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What up, world? Welcome on and all to another episode of The Ocho, presented to you in partnership, as always, with SB Nation's blog and theboys.com. My name is RJ Ochoa. You know me, of course, from BTB and from Mightier as your humble host on The Ocho. This is our episode for Monday, October 5th, 2020. We hope all is well wherever you are. We hope you're happy, safe, healthy, and we know that you are frustrated. We are right there with you. I mentioned this is our episode for Monday, but we are, of course, recording it on Sunday afternoon. This is our official Cowboys post-game episode here on the Blog and the Boys podcast network. The Cowboys falling to the Cleveland Browns 49-38 to on Sunday in week four. They are now one and three on the season and people are pissed. Oh man, we have been pissed. Um, I want to start here. Um, you know, Sunday morning I was gathering things and, and putting things together for the side, obviously getting ready for the game and whatnot. That's obviously kind of the game day routine. And I was excited to watch Manchester United play. That is my team. I've said that many times here on this show. And uh, I was pumped. And I've been watching All or Nothing on Tottenham Hotspur. And I hate when you do that because you end up kind of liking the people. You know, when you watch a, a sports documentary, you end up kind of, you know, just enjoying the, the people because it's, it's done so well and whatnot. And Jose Mourinho and all that. But I tweeted out, somewhat foolishly, I can acknowledge this, Manchester United, going to get that dub. Dallas Cowboys, going to get that dub. That's how Sunday's going to go. Oh my goodness, did that blow up in my face. Manchester United lost 6-1 to to the Spurs, and the Dallas Cowboys lost 49-38 to to the Cleveland Browns. The 49 points that the Browns put up on the Cowboys are the most that the franchise has dropped on a team since they put 51 on the Cincinnati Bengals back on September 16th, 2007. That was the last year that the Browns were, you know, pretty good. They challenged for a wild card spot that year with the Tennessee Titans, the Vince Young-led Tennessee Titans, to put in perspective how long ago this was. I think the Browns might be a playoff team this year, certainly with an extra, extra, uh, I was going to say extra and added at the same time, an extra wild card spot. Um, and, and and it should be noted, and, and again, I'm not trying to spin this positively, I promise you, but you know, a lot of people getting their jokes off and stuff, the Browns, the Browns, th- th- these aren't your your fathers or your older brothers Cleveland Browns the, the Browns are a good team um you know they're three and one now they've put up over 30 points in three straight games their offense is very fantasy relevant in that respect and I know that on our new pregame show here on the podcast feed which uh we will be dropping every game day we appreciate all the kind comments that we got in response to that I suggested and I did admit that this was rolling the dice I suggested picking up the Cowboys defense in preparation for their week five game against the New York Giants whose offense has looked really 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 bad uh so far 
recording this just before halftime of the Giants-Rams game, and um, they still don't look great. But obviously, the Cowboys defense did not play well against Cleveland. So uh, to get back to the point, it's a lot of points, 49 points. It had been a long time. It had been 13 years, over 13 years, since the Browns had scored that many against one opponent. And I think that oftentimes when people watch a team that they don't watch a lot, we'll use the Browns, obviously, as an example here for Cowboys fans. When they watch a team like the Browns on national television, they they kind of get a, a, a blueprint of who that team is, right? And the Browns were on Thursday Night Football a couple of weeks ago, uh, playing against the aforementioned Cincinnati Bengals. And if you didn't know, you at least learned then that they are a running team. We know that the Browns have a lot of talent in their backfield, and we all, you know, were kind of expecting that that would be the case against the Cowboys. Well, lo and behold, the Cleveland Browns had 307 yards on the ground against the Dallas Cowboys. I want to say that sentence again. The Cleveland Browns had 307 yards on the ground against the Dallas Cowboys. Now, I'm not saying that I'm ever down with this, okay? But if you had told me, you know, if, if I had passed out for this game, right, and I woke up and you said, dude, the Cow- excuse me, the Browns had 307 yards rushing, Nick Chubb had 215 of them, I would say, well, you know, he's a really special runner. He might be the most talented runner in the NFL. So, I mean, I'm not cool with this, but it makes sense, right? Well, Nick Chubb left this game with an injury, okay? And, and I, I'm using the word only here, but Nick Chubb only had 43 yards rushing for the Cleveland Browns. Kareem Hunt on 11 carries, chipped in 71 yards rushing, had two touchdowns himself, uh, and with Nick Chubb being out the the Browns excuse me I keep saying the Cowboys the Browns uh managed to you know figure it out Dearness Johnson had 13 carries himself led the team with 95 yards rushing for the Cleveland Browns and Odell Beckham Jr that's right Odell Beckham Jr had two carries for 73 yards, including the game icing touchdown. The 307 yards that the Dallas Cowboys gave up on the ground according to ESPN's Todd Archer are the most that the team has ever given up in a single game. If you are somehow not of the belief or of the mindset or the mentality that this defense is holding this team back, this is where they're at, man. I mean, this defense, it, it would be one thing if they were, we say this all the time, and I feel like we've, I, I feel like we've said this for multiple generations. If the Cowboys defense was just average, and, and I think about, um, it, maybe you've seen this, and you know this is kind of the circa the 07 Derek Anderson Browns. There's a, a video that was really popular on YouTube back kind of around 06, 07, I think. I think it was 07. I could be off on the year, but uh, you might have seen it. It's the Factory of Sadness video. If you haven't seen it, it's really funny. It's a Browns fan. After a game, he goes and he's yelling at the Browns stadium because they're bad and whatever. And he says a line that I have utilized a lot in life. He's talking about the Browns obviously not being good. And this was kind of the peak, you know, the Browns suck, whatever. And he says, do you realize it is actually statistically harder to be this consistently bad than it is for you to sometimes accidentally occasionally be good and that's kind of where the Cowboys defense is at it's like dude you do not we're not asking you to be amazing (laughs) I mean if you are just okay then we're talking about maybe cooking with some gas here Dak Prescott was not perfect okay and I you know get a lot of tweets sometimes that I never highlight when Dak Prescott plays poorly Dak Prescott got bailed out a lot in this particular game he had a couple of passes that should have been intercepted obviously the game ended on the interception Amari Cooper took credit for that or blame for that however you want to put it for not finishing his route etc but Dak should have been picked off more than that one time uh, in this particular game he got lucky that he wasn't Uh, but Dak Prescott is playing some elite football 
football, and and that should be acknowledged. Maybe you don't want to call it elite. I know that that word kind of triggers people, but he's playing very good football. He is certainly playing football that is good enough for the Dallas Cowboys to win. Four games in, Dak Prescott has more passing yards than any quarterback ever has through a season's first four games. You want to talk about fantasy. I mean, Dak Prescott's light in fantasy scoreboards up, but obviously nobody cares about that because the Cowboys are one and three. The Cowboys are one and three for the first time in a decade, okay? In a decade. The last time that the Cowboys were one and three, they fired their head coach. It was Wade Phillips, who ironically got fired after his team lost to Mike McCarthy's Green Bay Packers. Those Packers would, of course, go on to win the Super Bowl. We've talked about that many times. And if you haven't connected those dots or you haven't seen my tweet, that obviously means that in all of Jason Garrett's career as the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, the Cowboys were never one and three through four games. I am not in any way, shape, or form saying or suggesting that it was not the wisest decision for the Cowboys to move on from Jason Garrett. However, I mean, that is a real thing, right? Like, that is a real thing to say out loud that Jason Garrett's teams were never one and three. And for what it's worth, Mike McCarthy's teams, only one of his Green Bay Packers teams went one and three. Only one, and it was in 2006. That team, ironically, given the team and the person that we're talking about here, and Jason Garrett, kind of, that team finished eight and eight. Um, that was the first year that Tony Romo took over for the Cowboys, and that's who Dak Prescott is. I mean, I mean, I, I hate to say it, I hate that that's the, the case. That it's it's that obvious that, that that it's that simple of math that Dak Prescott is Tony Romo because he is. I mean, this is a guy who is being tasked with playing perfect football. If Dak Prescott is not perfect. The Cowboys don't have a chance. And that, that's the reality here. I mean, Dak Prescott finished 41 of 58 for 502 yards with four passing touchdowns. All right? It's, it's hard to understand. Um, let, let's, let's start here. I, I write five winners and five losers after every Cowboys game at bloggingtheboys.com. I've said that before here on our postgame show. This week, I did not do five winners and five losers. I wrote 10 losers because that's the kind of game that this is. And I, I don't know if I sounded distracted a minute ago, uh, but like I said, I'm recording this at, at what is approaching halftime of the afternoon games, and Jason Witten just caught a touchdown for the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, you know, so, yeah. <laughs> that's how today's going. But so my top loser and I'm not trying to be critical. I'm, I'm, I think this is fair. My top loser is Mike McCarthy for, for the reasons we've already kind of started to mention. And I think that, you know, ultimately, at the end of the day, the, the buck stops with the head coach and you can throw all the cliches up, but it is true. And what, what, some of these things are hard to explain. Why? You know, Tyron Smith was back in this game for the Cowboys and that was awesome to see. But why, why are you starting Terrence Steele at right tackle when Brandon Knight has been the better tackle? That, that's a hard thing to justify. And there were actually different reports in terms of what was going to happen, who was going to start at right tackle. It was so obvious that starting Terrence Steele at right tackle wasn't going to hold up for the game. It, it simply wasn't. No, and, and I, I think it's so unfair that people are going to pick on Terrence Steele when Mike McCarthy and his staff are the ones that left him out there against Miles Garrett, who might be this season's defensive player of the year. They, they left him out there. That is what they did to Terrence Steele is no different than what Jason Garrett and his staff did to Chaz Green almost three years ago. That was November 12th, 2017. And or November, it might have been November 19th, but it was it was mid-November. And so it is no different. And of course, what happened? Terrence Steele let Miles Garrett get to Dak Prescott, caused a fumble, and wow, that led to a Cleveland Browns touchdown. 
Mike McCarthy is the head coach, and Mike McCarthy ultimately has to answer for these things, and it's very difficult to understand why this decision was made. Now, to the staff's credit, they did ultimately pull Terrence Steele and put Brandon Knight in, but those are th- th- this was expected, kind of like the Browns' rushing prize, right? We all expected and anticipated the Browns to be able to run the football against the Cowboys, and what did they do? They ran the football against the Dallas Cowboys. So, I, Mike McCarthy has a lot of questions to answer, and I, it's you're one in three. And I hate the, you know, I hate, I hate talking about any good and then being like, yeah, but they're one in three. They are one in three. And that sucks. And, and that says a lot. It really does. And that probably says more than anything else. But we can still derive other conclusions and, and figure other things out. Um, it, th- this is bad. And look, I know that Dak Prescott did not play perfectly. But wow, if, if I had to pick a player for the Cowboys that had the, the worst game that was played, because I, I think that Mike McCarthy deserves the most criticism. Jalen Smith, what are you doing? I mean, and and I, when you talk about this type of thing, Twitter gets really mean, and so that's not what we're looking to do here. We're certainly just talking about this performance and and, and where the Cowboys fell short. And I just don't know anymore with Jalen. And obviously, he was at his peak in 2018 when he was operating next to Leighton Vandrish, who obviously has been out for a while now and and still will be. But this is. He is to say he's a liability. I don't think is is even painting the whole picture. Um, I, I tweeted this. I thought it was poetic that when the Cowboys got back in the game, um, kind of <laughs> that that Odell Beckham Jr. just housed it and Jalen was trailing him, and that Jalen of all people. Th- this was a little more coincidence that Jalen of all people was the one who you know kind of had the whoopsie daisy on the blocked field goal or the blocked extra point excuse me that wound up being a two-point conversion a successful two-point conversion for the Cowboys uh, shout out by the way to Dana B uh, on Twitter at day that's d-a-y underscore nuh n-u-h underscore b-b-e-e for noting that only the Cowboys could miss a field goal or, or only the Cowboys could have a team rather uh, miss an extra point in the in the Browns the way they did and still score two points think about that the the Browns had an extra point blocked and still scored two points right I mean that's and, and and because th- this defense, and this kind of goes to the Jalen point, Odell Beckham Jr. had 73 yards rushing. We talked about the 307 yards on the ground. Odell Beckham Jr. had 73 of them. Jarvis Landry had 37 yards passing. I tweeted this as well. Think about the quarterbacks that have torched this Cowboys secondary so far. We've got Jared Goff, got Matt Ryan, you got Russell Wilson, and you got Baker Mayfield. Three dudes who've been to the Super Bowl, a Heisman Trophy winner. Of those, you're talking about two number one overall picks, three first rounders in general, and Russell Wilson, who has won a Super Bowl. Obviously, an impressive list in some respects, uh, but Russell Gage also torched this Cowboys secondary and honestly should have won the game for the Atlanta Falcons if Julio Jones caught that touchdown. People talk about the watermelon kick, but Julio Jones should have iced that game for Atlanta. And in this game, Jarvis Landry, Jarvis Landry torched the Cowboys secondary. And I just don't know. I don't know where the team goes from here because this isn't, you know, a lot of people say, well, go get Earl Thomas, blah, 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 whatever. And Earl doesn't fix all of this. He just doesn't. I mean, this is, you know, we, we have we have spent a lot of time. We've spent years of our lives literally talking about how the Cowboys staff what wasn't enough, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I certainly believe that. And like I said, and, and I wrote this in the, in the winners and losers that was really losers, Jason Garrett needed to go. But we have to start, you know, looking in the mirror and saying, maybe it wasn't just a coaching issue. Maybe this defense really is not 
as talented as, as we thought. And I'll be the first to say I'm part of the people that hyped it up. I thought that Demarcus Lawrence and Everson Griffin, and I didn't even think that Alden Smith was going to be this solid, but that Demarcus Lawrence and Everson Griffin and Joe McCoy before that situation, you know, imploded, uh, were going to be part of a group that kind of led this Cowboys pass rush to a place that we could depend on it. But that has not happened. I mean, and, and, and we tweeted this from the blog and the boys account. Who Who is a defensive player on this team that you feel excited about? And I didn't, we didn't put it this way in the tweet, but I'll, I'll ask it to you this way. If, if you were buying a Cowboys jersey, what defensive player would you buy? Because, I, you know, I think that's an interesting way to gauge things, right? Because people say, like, you know, I want to buy the jersey of somebody and I know that's going to be around for a while. Somebody that's going to be good, right? So if you had to buy a defensive player, somebody who's going to you a Cowboys jersey as a gift and said you have to choose a defensive player, who would you choose, right? I mean, you're choosing Trayvon Diggs, I think, is the easy choice, right? That's, that's the most logical choice. After that, it's tough. You're probably going to Marcus Lawrence because he's still tank, but he hasn't been tank these last couple of weeks. And he hasn't really been the tank that, that people want to see in some time. I, I maintain that DeMarcus Lawrence was a, a legitimate contributor to the Cowboys last year. But, I mean, I, I don't – you know, it's, it's getting harder to defend DeMarcus Lawrence. After that, I mean, even if we accept that DeMarcus Lawrence is part of this group, who who's next? Who, who is the next defensive player in this hypothetical whose jersey you're buying if you're a Cowboys fan buying a Cowboys jersey on defense? It's hard. I mean, it, maybe you're saying, I'll just get an Alden jersey this year, and I'll rock it, and I'll figure it out next year. After that, it's tough. I mean, on offense, you can go all day, right? On offense, you can go Dak, Zeke, Amari, Michael Gallup, C.D. Lamb. I think there's even some Dalton Schultz fans. I think people certainly get in Tyron jerseys or Zach Martin jerseys, and uh, maybe you're, you know, your UT fans are going Connor Williams. I would not advise that myself as a fight in Texas Aggie. Alabama's hard, by the way. It's okay. Um, but I don't know. I, I really don't know where to go from here because this this team is one and three. And I think we all thought that, you know, they weren't going to be four. No, but we did not expect this. And we did not expect this. De- this this legitimately looks like one of the worst defenses in the National Football League. And that's not hyperbolic. That's not an exaggeration. They look like one of the worst defenses in the NFL. And they're playing that way. I mean, they are they are they're putting their quarterback in such an awful position, which is why those turnovers are so costly. I mean, we, we were told that this defense was going to play more aggressively. Where, where are they? I, you know, and, and I, I, I realized this and I tweeted this uh, after the fact that Jason Witten touched him. Do you realize that Jason Witten has as many touchdowns with the Raiders as the Cowboys defense does interceptions? Think about that. I mean, and, and for what it's worth, I'm recording this as the third quarter starts. Jason Witten could catch another touchdown. But Jason Witten, at the very least, has the same amount of touchdowns with the Las Vegas Raiders as the Dallas Cowboys defense does interceptions through four games. You got to get some turnovers. You got you got to shorten the field. I mean, it, it is. I haven't charted all of the starting field positions for the Cowboys, but Tony Pollard, what is happening here? I I don't want to just, you know, I don't want to do this every week and, and just harp on this subject. I do not understand what Tony Pollard's doing. I do not understand why John Fossil is, is having this be done. I don't, Tony Pollard continues to return kicks out of the end zone that land in the middle of the end zone and doesn't get to the 25-yard line. Take a knee. You're, you're literally giving your team worse field position by doing this. The first kickoff return he had, Kevin Burkhardt said on the broadcast that Tony Pollard was asleep. I mean, that's where this 
this defense and this special teams, that's why I thought the the sequence that kind of iced the game for the Browns was, was poetic because the defense didn't just fail, but failed in epic fashion. And then the special teams had this massive whoops-a-daisy that led to two points off of a blocked extra point, and that's who the Dallas Cowboys are. After the offense had scored 24 unanswered points in the fourth quarter, the defense and special teams just collapsed all over themselves. It's... It's hard to believe. It's a comedy of errors, but that's who the 2020 Dallas Cowboys are. Um, let's get to your tweets. Once again, this is our official Cowboys postgame show here on the Blog of the Boys podcast network. This is our episode of the Ocho for Monday as well. You will hear from Kelsey Charles and Meg Murray later on today on Girls Talking Boys. I imagine that they will not be in a sprightly mood, but you know they always do a great job, so we'll see what they have to say. You can always tweet at me or send me an Instagram DM. I am at RJ Ochoa on both platforms. Let's talk. Chris Randell on Twitter at Chris Randell. Dell says top takeaway will be how willing McCarthy is to make changes on his coaching staff this week. We saw how rigid and complacent Jason Garrett was to stay the course. Will we see the same or a willingness to change with McCarthy? I agree with you. I mean, this is this is a, a time to really kind of figure out who Mike McCarthy is and what his plan is going to be moving forward for the Cowboys. I know people are already sick of him, but I mean, he's going to be here a while. Um, This will say a lot. How he responds to this, how he adjusts to this will say a lot. I mean, think about the Cowboys' upcoming schedule. They're they're one and three. Think about the New York Giants next week. They've got the Arizona Cardinals the week after that on Monday Night Football. Then they go to Washington. They should win two of those games, right? They they should beat New York and Washington. Let's assume they lose to Arizona. That puts them at, what, two and five? And after that, they go to Philadelphia before their bye week. All right? Let's, Let's give them that win. Let's say they're three and five. I mean, this team did come back from three and five to win the NFC East two years ago, but I mean, that's what we're looking at. And it, and it, and if that happens, your three wins will have come against, or, or rather, excuse me, that would be what four and five, right? Four and five, sorry, four and five. Um, at, at that particular point, no, I'm messing up my math somehow. Let's say they're one and three now. Let's say they beat the Giants. They're two and three. Let's say they lose to the Cardinals. They're two and four at that point. They beat Washington. They're three and four, and then they beat Philadelphia. They are four and four. Excuse me, my math was bad. That you know, whatever. So four and four, not as bad as three and five. That is possible, is it not? I mean, and and if you're four and four, if that you know hypothetical bears itself out, your four wins are against the crappy NFC East and the Atlanta Falcons. That's who you are. And how Mike McCarthy responds will indeed say a lot about who they're going to be moving forward. I agree with that. Uh, Steven uh, on Twitter at Elo Goes Yard says, at this point, if you don't sign Earl or Reed, you're done. If you sign Earl or Reed, you are done. So what do you have to lose? Talking about Earl Thomas or Eric Reed. I mean, I don't disagree with this. I mean, the Cowboys need help. I mean, Darian Thompson, it looked like we don't know everything yet. We obviously, you know, experienced this with Terrence Steele being sick um, last week, but it looked like Darian Thompson got benched for Donovan Wilson. And lo and behold, Donovan Wilson kind of played well. But, I mean, as, as much as it would be nice to see the Cowboys address a point of weakness, that one decision isn't going to make a Enough of a dent, I think, to make people happy. Maybe you're of the mindset that you say, well, I don't care. I want to see them try. I want to see them put forth some effort. I don't blame you. That's fair. I I don't have a problem with that. Uh, Andrew Neal on Twitter, Toxic Death, says, Mistakes are killing us. Two giveaways and no takeaways. This needs to change for us to get wins. I couldn't agree with you more. Mike McCarthy said in his postgame press conference, the Dallas Cowboys threw four games on the season are minus Monica Gellerhands seven in terms of turnover differential. Minus seven. In terms of turnover differential, 
that's bad. I mean, like, and that goes back to the Factory of Sadness video thing. Like, you have to almost try. It's difficult to not get turnovers in some senses. Like, the laws of probability have to work out in your favor. And if the Cowboys aren't going to generate turnovers, they are going to continue to put more pressure on their offense, which is not only unfair, but not feasible and not practical. Um, so it is what it is. Alex Robert Friedman, I think it's Friedman. My, my apologies, Alex. Uh, on Twitter at Alex underscore Friedman 31 says, The defense sucks worse than we thought. Hard to disagree there. Tanner Ballard on Twitter at Tanner Ballard says, it seems that there's a lack of mental readiness by the team four games in. Maybe this is a side effect of no preseason. Regardless, it just doesn't seem like McCarthy is getting them ready to play. Side note, will putting Gallup on the trade block for a DB be worth considering? Now, two things here. Uh, I saw that friend of the show, Yahoo's Charles Robinson, tweeted out that the Cowboys didn't exactly lose to the Browns the way they lost to the Seahawks. Maybe you're not a, a believer in moral wins and things like that. That's certainly something that, that has some room for debate. But the Cowboys at least looked like a team that, to use a Jason Garrettism, scratched and clawed and fought their way all the way to the end, the final whistle in Seattle, whatever. They did look like a team that fought. That was fair. I mean, I think you could, you, after we watched that game, it was fair to say, man, this team really tried, right, at the very least. It did not look that way against Cleveland. It looked like a team that gave up and a team that kind of stumbled into being back in it and then woke up but yeah I I mean I don't know that that has anything to do with lack of preseason I think that has to do with coaching I think that's up to Mike McCarthy um maybe all of Jason Garrett's cheesy things were working but I mean there's no question that this team was not um not as into the game as they have been at other points this season as far as potentially trading Michael Gallup Anytime you bring this question up or this idea, this topic up, people freak out. So Tanner, um, tread lightly is all I'll say there uh, because people will, will be upset because Michael Gallup is beloved. Michael Gallup's awesome. And that ultimately is, is where my answer is. I would not trade Michael Gallup. You know, I said this back when it was a discussion about trading Michael Gallup for Jamal Adams. I Michael Gallup helps the Cowboys' strength be their strength. I know this sounds ridiculous because they're one and three, but the only reason the Cowboys are as good as they are, which isn't very is because of the strength that they have in their passing game. So I don't want to give that up um, in any way, shape, or form. So, yeah. But it's fair to it's fair to look under every rock and ask questions. I do think that that's fair. Uh, Samantha on Twitter at Stiz0328 says, Defense needs major, major help. Could not agree more. The defense is bad. Uh, Corbin on Twitter at Corbin underscore Dallas says that we should be securing the first overall pick. I asked for takeaways. Um, yeah, um, doesn't look good. Oh, by the way, I did see a tweet that the Houston Texans, remember, did give up their 2021 first-round pick to the Miami Dolphins in the Laramie Tunsil trade. Houston's 0-4, so it could be worse. Rob on Twitter at just Rob Cruz says we have a lot of bad contracts on this team. I'm obviously somebody who believes the Cowboys should have paid Dak Prescott. I've said that many different times on this show and on many other shows. Um, The Cowboys in 2019 chose to pay their off-the-ball linebacker and their running back as opposed to their quarterback and their top cornerback. Not the wisest decision. (laughs) And and it wasn't that wise then. Um, And and it's, I mean, it it was never wise. Um, But... The Cowboys did it. So, um, you know, it is what it is. Uh, Megan on Twitter at MeganMarie289 says, Defense is obviously a problem, but where's Zeke? This has been a rough stretch for Ezekiel Elliott. And I said on this show, on our postgame show after the Cowboys lost to the Rams, that Zeke looked good. And that was a bit of a subjective thing. He, he just, he looked like a better runner. I really did think that after the loss to the Rams. But, man, Zeke and the turnovers has been 
an issue over the last couple of weeks. And yeah, there's no question about it. this might be it, it's hard to get past the Denver game in, in Zeke's second season in 2017. I think it was week two. It's hard to get past that. This might be the roughest three game stretch of Ezekiel Elliott's career with the Dallas Cowboys. And he hasn't had that many bad stretches. So um, it's not hard to find a bad stretch because they stick out. But this this has not been good. Uh, Doug Johnson on Twitter at Bleacher Screech with the obvious joke, there is no D in Cowboys. It's like somebody will text you and be like, are you going to watch the Alice Cowboys? And you'll be like, what? What, what are you talking about? That? They'll be like, because there's no D in Dallas. Boom. I know. Uh, Brian Willis on Twitter at Brian99 Willis says, expectations of a team in its first year under a new coach are too high. It's a fair point. Injuries have hurt the defense and the O-line, and an unusual offseason didn't help. Improvement should come once the defense settles into the new scheme and players come back from injuries. Brian kind of pumping the brakes here, and I don't take this as there's there's optimism that's like too rosy right and that people don't want to hear sometimes i think this is a fair point obviously our whole world our lives as we know them have been dramatically altered over the course of the last seven months which basically comprises a hundred percent of the mike mccarthy era the the only things that mike mccarthy has really done as the head coach of the dallas cowboys pre-covid are go to the NFL combine. That's really it. Uh, free agency, that draft, OTAs, mini camps that obviously didn't happen, training camp, preseason that obviously didn't happen, and the season. All of that have taken place with all of these protocols, all these measurements, and all of these inordinate circumstances going on. That's a very fair point. Also, it is their first year together. Also, he wasn't coaching in the NFL last year, but you did know that, Cowboys, when you hired him, so that one's a little bit harder to defend. Obviously, it's also fair to include the fact that the Cowboys are ravaged by injuries, right? I mean, Leighton Vanders is on injury reserve, Sean Lee, Lyle Collins. I mean, you can go on and on and on. I mean, Chita Bayawuze, Anthony Brown. I mean, the secondary is beat up. All of those things are true. I totally agree with you, Brian. However, I can tell you what everybody who is listening in their car or on their run or walking the dog or whatever the case may be playing PS4 is thinking and saying right now to themselves, I don't care because I expect my team and my coach as my dog is barking in the background, I expect them to be able to find a way. Look at this team, how they found a way. People always point to examples and that might be an unfair standard, but it is the case and that's a fair rebuttal. All right. I mean, you can think of a million examples right i mean people will like i'm saying you, you can bring this up to anybody and they'll say well look at the the 2017 eagles you know they lost all these players and they managed to compete and this year they'll say look at the 49ers and that's a fair point that that is a fair point look at the 49ers and the way that they are beating teams granted they played the new york giants <laughs> last week but um it is what it is um you know so let's move on uh d sven 43 on twitter at d sven 431 says uh again i did ask for takeaways says that dak won't be here in 2000 2021 at least i wouldn't i don't think even if things went sour between the cowboys and dak which they won't um the cowboys are able to maintain team control at least through next season so the true break point if you want to call that you know as such um is in 2022 between dak and the cowboys but um you know it is what it is frankie kenneth on twitter frankie kenneth underscore says we clowned the special teams last year because we supposedly had a bad coach what's this year's excuse that is a very fair question, Frankie. I don't know. Um, you know, it's often said, and I'm not saying this is a universal truth, but it's often said, well, free agents are free for a reason. And again, I'm not trying to be like sticky, you know, whatever. But I mean, that's a, you know, you think about why people are available and it's because, you know, somebody else didn't go the ultimate length to making sure they weren't available. And I mean, 
I, I mentioned it with Tony Pollard. I don't know what John Fossil is thinking. I, I am having a hard time understanding what John Fossil is thinking. I thought CeeDee Lamb looked mildly explosive on punt returns, but I, I just, I don't know. It's it's difficult. It is, and, and Chris Jones, it might be among the worst punters in the NFL. He really might. Um, and, and Greg Zerline almost pulled off. I don't even know if that was a watermelon kick, but he almost pulled off an, an amazing kick. But that's, the Cowboys are like, you know when you're like eight years old and you learn a card trick that involves like flipping a card upside down and like doing it behind your back and you know you you have like a family event and your aunts and uncles and your grandparents or whoever they're and, and you're eight years old so you're like hey 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 check it out check it out check it out and you're, and you're doing the same trick like over and over and over again. That's what the Cowboys special teams are with the watermelon kick. You know, they're like they're running up to everybody that there is, and they're like, "Check it out! Look!" Or maybe it's not a card trick. Maybe they learn like a like. I remember when I was a kid, I, and I would yo-yo. I I knew how to do like I forget what it was called. It was called like Baby in the Cradle or something. And um, you know, I'd be around like my family, and be like, "Look at this!" And I'd be like, Fush! and you know, do all these fun tricks. That's who the Cowboys special teams are. They are a one-trick pony. Um, so it is what it is. Uh. Let's see. Our next uh, tweet comes from Slim G. Briel says, Nolan at his best would result in average defensive performances. Maybe he needs to adapt or leave. Mike Nolan, not off to a great start as the Dallas Cowboys defensive coordinator. Somewhere, somewhere, Chris Richard probably is having a good uh, good month. That's all I'll say. Um, let's see. Uh, let's move on here. Um, on Twitter, Matthew W. Cantu underscore zero nine says, Dak is trying his hardest. Defense doesn't care. See, like, that's the kind of stuff. I don't think we can say the defense doesn't care, but the defense is certainly not living up to their end of the bargain. David Arnold on Twitter at DR Arnold eight says, Defense is worse than 2013. Yeah. Um, I, I, it's really hard to be worse than 2013. Shout out to Rob Ryan. Um, well, Rob Ryan kind of led into that, but um, they're flirting with it. I'll say that. They are definitely, definitely, definitely flirting with it. Um, let's see. Let's move on. Uh, Jay Bettis 30 on Twitter. Jay Bettis 30 says, Jalen Smith is horrible and it's hurting the defense. Again, you know, it's, it's hard. Uh, Marvin True on Twitter. Marvin True 4 says, very poor coaching, sickening defense. And Dak once again throws interceptions when he gets close to the end zone. That, see, I'm going to stop you right there, Marvin, because, I mean, I don't blame Dak for just, just trying to do the damn thing at the end. I mean, Again, Dak was not perfect in this game, and there's some things that you can point out that Dak shouldn't have done and, and that he did get lucky in a few different instances, but Dak Prescott is far from the problem. Um, R. Joe Hall on Twitter at JoeHall718 says, Honest takeaway, um, is Mike hooking up his old friend Nolan with a defensive coordinator just as per old boys club protocol? Um, that could sink this season and waste a prime year of Dak Prescott. Obviously, Mike Nolan and Mike McCarthy have a history with the San Francisco 49ers. It's hard to understand right now what somebody would see in Mike Nolan as a defensive coordinator. That's what I think is fair to say. Adam P. Tate, uh, who is at AP Tate on Twitter, says they are a bottom 10 team but have a top five quarterback. If that's not an indictment of the Joneses and the coaching staff, then I don't know what is. That is very true. I mean, the, and, and I, I think it's, you know, they're, they're top heavy at quarterback and wide receiver, and certainly, I mean, the talent of Ezekiel Elliott. That's it. I mean, collectively on defense, no good. Collectively on special teams, no good. Right now, the offensive line, average at best. But pass catchers, I'll throw Dalton Schultz in there because I'm feeling generous in this particular moment. Pass catchers and quarterback, they are elite. 
But that's it, and, and that can't win them games. That that really can't. I said that last week was kind of Dak's 2013 Broncos game for Tony Romo. I mean, that's that's who this is, right? I mean, th- th- this is who the Cowboys are. Think back if you follow the Cowboys, because I know we have some younger people that, that are sort of newer to this. If you followed the Cowboys the year before in 2012, that second half when, when Des Bryant blew up, that's who this Cowboys team is. They're a team that's going to have to just either win shootouts get blown out or run into a team on their off day or a bad team and blow them out. That's who this team is. That That's it. And until they get more talent, they can be as well coached as they want to be. But until they get more talent, they're not going to be able to get it done. And it is a frustrating thing. And we're all going to be frustrated every week. And I tell you what, I talked about how this defense is a man maker. If Jason Garrett's offense shows up to AT&T Stadium next Sunday and looks legit, Man alive, if you think it is already intolerable and insufferable and you think that things are bad, my dog agrees with me that things are not great. Uh, Again, shout out to Bear. But if Jason Garrett's offense shows up and does well, this will get even worse in a hurry. And, well, you know, we're just going to have to see what happens. But the Cowboys are 6-10 and in their last 16 games played. That is not good. That includes multiple head coaches. Um you got to start to look at the common denominators and it's the players it's the talent and it's not living up to the standard and that's an unfortunate thing the dallas cowboys lost to the cleveland browns 49 to 38 on sunday they are one and three on the season we will see of course what the fallout is whatever happens we will have you covered at blog your home for the latest and greatest in the world of america's team this is the blog and the boys podcast network we give you two episodes every day we give you a saturday show we give you a pregame show we have a lot of stuff going on here and my dog he really wants me to get out of here because it's been a while uh, that we've been talking to you and I, and I've had fun, certainly. Um, I know that the Cowboys did not play as well as we wanted them to, but um, these these conversations, I think, are helpful and therapeutic, at least I hope they are, uh, which is why we give them to you all the time. Make sure you do subscribe to the Blog and the Boys Podcast Network, wherever you get your podcasts. We are available on all major podcast platforms. Just search for Blog and the Boys, subscribe. If you can, leave a rating, write a review. Those things are very, very, very helpful. Uh, I'm RJ Ochoa. You can follow me on Twitter or Instagram, as mentioned, at RJ Ochoa. If email is more your thing, you can email me, rj.ochoa at sbnation.com. This was rough, but we'll get through it together, I promise promise you. Uh, Do me a favor. Have the absolute best Monday of all time. You know why? Because you deserve it. We will see you in Yana, my friends. As always, go Cowboys and peace out. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.